Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. We got a transaction to talk about. In fact, we got a couple transactions to talk about and one very interesting one. So as many of you already know, because we've talked about it, the Eagles currently have three quarterbacks on their active roster. Now, again, this is their 90 man. Um, the plan I, I'm betting for the regular season would be to have two. It would be you know Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. But the point being is they did want to have a developmental quarterback, essentially the new Nate Sudfeld, right? So they got Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman went undrafted. The Eagles made him a priority in terms of getting him as an undrafted free agent. A lot of people were shocked he was not drafted. But let's see what happened here because Jamie Newman was released. The Eagles waived Jamie Newman. What could have happened here in these three weeks where Newman, who was on the field, going through drills, working with the coaches, and the Eagles moved on. That is a brutal sign for Jamie Newman. I mean, really, that is a freaking brutal sign. He couldn't even make it through. Essentially, what is, um, it, it wasn't even live practice. It's just drills. It's just going over the playbook. It's going over situations. And the Eagles felt so bad about what he was presenting and that's the coaches this is more so the coaches this is Nick Sirianni this is Brian Johnson this is Shane Steichen this is what they felt and they said no 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 we need to go get ourselves somebody else and right now the plan is potentially names you're hearing are like guys like Nick Mullins he was the former quarterback for San Francisco in fact he started the game the Eagles beat the 49ers just last season Um, Sean Mannion from the Rams. I mean, that's kind of what's out there. I mean, guys like Matt Barkley. I would be okay with Matt Barkley as a third quarterback. I mean, here's the thing. Is it crucial that the Eagles have a third quarterback right now? Obviously, no. Because, you know, Flacco and Hurts right now are the two quarterbacks. The reason you want a third quarterback is because of this. What's going to happen in the preseason? You're not going to play Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts all the preseason games. That's not going to happen. What you want is a third quarterback there to essentially eat up the reps. And here's the best part. It looks like you're going to be able to stash veterans on the practice squad again. So if you do have a veteran who comes in, shows they can handle the playbook somewhat. Like, let's just say they bring in Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion equips himself. He doesn't play disastrous football like Clayton Thorson did a couple years ago. And the Eagles could stash him on the practice squad. That's what you'd ideally want. That's what they're looking for here. And they must have felt to the point that Jamie Newman just wasn't going to be the guy who could do it. There was no way. They couldn't trust it. So they cut Jamie Newman. Then on top of that, they cut Khalil Tate. Now, Khalil Tate was a quarterback, ironically, who turned wide receiver. And the Eagles decided to move on from Khalil Tate. And then the big one was Trayvon Grimes, the kid from uh, Florida. The guy that everybody thought had a shot to make the team. Well, it looks like he got hurt. So what happened is they waived him waived injured. So what's going to happen is the Eagles are going to be able to offer him a spot, I guess, on the injured reserve, or, or there's a lot of things that could go with it. It's not entirely like, essentially like this. Him being off the Eagles is not written down yet. I mean, I, it more or less looks like the Eagles are going to be able to stash this guy, but he did get hurt, and by the time he's healthy, it's going to be like, it, it was an uphill climb for him to make the team as an undrafted wide receiver anyway, but it's almost going to be virtually impossible. So this might be a situation where the Eagles are able to stash him for the season. And then next year he could come in and try to compete for a roster spot. But what they did do is they got another guy from Jacksonville, Michael Walker. Now, Michael Walker is a wide receiver who specialized 
as a kick returner and a punt returner, which let me tell you this right now for that kid or for that guy. That is a big deal for the Eagles because we do not have somebody who I feel fully confident in kick and punt returning the football. I mean, you could tell me Jalen Rager. You could tell me all these guys, Boston Scott. I don't care. I want somebody who could actually do it and somebody who makes that their priority. That would be ideal for a guy like that to make the team. If you want to get be the sixth receiver on the Eagles, you better be able to kick and punt return. To me, that is a crucial area of need. And if this guy could do it well, then Good gosh, let's get him on the roster here and let's have him kick and punt return because it seems like it's been five years since Darren Sproles was returning kicks for us and Josh Huff was returning or returning punts and Josh Huff was returning kicks where I felt confident in the guys getting that ball. It's a huge area of need. I want to see that addressed. And then what else ha- or what else happened this week was we had a bunch of coaches talk, all the assistants, and I know everybody was happy with Jeff Stoutland and you know how he kind of shit on Jeff McClain for asking him about what happened with Carson Wentz and what happened with Doug Peterson because there really wasn't anything to say, which is true. But it was just interesting to hear that. And again, I I completely understand the question because there were two guys you could ask that question to, right? There were two holdovers. It was Aaron Moorhead and it was Jeff Stoutland. And, And Jeff Stoutland was there with, you know, Chip Kelly. So really, if anybody knew what was going on in the Eagles building, it's Jeff Stoutland, but he wasn't going to say anything. And he didn't. But what he did talk about is what is going to be the big competition for the Eagles this offseason. The big competition in regards to starting for the football team, and that's left tackle. It is now a full-on competition. It's going to be Jordan Mailata, and it's going to be Andre Dillard battling to be the left tackle. Right now, it's Jordan Mailata. But guess what? This offseason is crucial for both. They are both very young players. Dillard is a first-round pick. Mylott is a seventh-round pick. But guess what? Both are going to be due for extensions here. And and Andre Dillard, I mean, I think people are kind of sleeping on the fact that Andre Dillard could be pretty good. I mean, I, I don't know how good. But I, I think it, it it kind of tipped. Like, last year, people thought Andre Dillard could be really good. And I was like, yo, we should hold our horses. Maybe Jason Peters should still play. And now it's kind of flipped to where everybody's like, oh, Andre Dillard, we should trade him for, like, a fifth-round pick. And it's like, I, whoa, I'm not saying that. I think he could play. I mean, really, I just want to see him stay on the field. But, I mean, yeah, the whole right tackle thing is a disaster, but I'm not quit or ready to quit on Andre Dillard. If he could play left tackle, that's crucial for the Eagles. Look at what happened to our line last year. I have no problem with us keeping 9 to 10 offensive linemen. I really don't because I think that we actually are pretty deep at that position. I mean, like I said, you have Ciamalo, you have Kelsey, you have Brooks, and you have Johnson. Then you're going to have Dillard and Mylotta. There's six guys right there. Dickerson, seven. Come on. Herbig, eight. Jack Driscoll's nine. The Raven Clark could be ten. Like that, that, that's that's that to me is is kind of what you're playing with with the offense line. I get the Raven Clark is going to be the guy who's kind of you know on the, the teetering here on making the roster, and you could say Herbig as well, I guess. But I was impressed with Herbig last year as an interior lineman. You know Dickerson's not going to miss this team. You know Driscoll's not going anywhere. You obviously know Brooks and Johnson and Ciamalo and Kelsey, Mylotta and Dillard. So no matter what, you're at eight. The other two spots, again, are really what? Herbig and, and LaRaven Clark. And, and Herbig, I thought, played very well last year. I would not want to give him up. Keep your offensive line depth. That's where it's going to be interesting, though, in the preseason. Because every preseason, what happens is you get these anticipated battles, right? And, and we actually have one on the offensive line for the first time in, who knows, in terms of a starter and then for depth. Because, again, it's going to be a a numbers game. Are the Eagles going to keep 10 linemen? They very well easily can. I think, ideally, they want to keep eight. 
But I mean, if if LaRaven Clark and Nate Herbig show up, and and I know Nate Herbig's worked on his body and he's lost a lot of weight, so he should be more athletic. And if LaRaven Clark could come back from his Achilles that he had, then guess what? We might have 10. And if it's 10 there, then it's short other places because the whole point is if it's 10 there, you ain't having six receivers. That I can assure you, which isn't good for like Michael Walker. So it's like, that's another thing. You're, you're not just battling with your own position group. You're battling with the rest of the team because you got to make it a priority that we need the sixth receiver over that 10th offense alignment. That's another, like people don't factor that in, I believe, enough in what happens with these camp battles. And finally, we're going to have a camp battle because you can only really, really, really judge football players when they play football. Last year, it was so hard to judge because there was no preseason football. And we are getting preseason football back. That is crucial, especially for the Eagles who have a young coaching staff, all new coaches, and a lot of young players. Because to me, like on offense, here's the thing. Right now, they have two quarterbacks. Okay. My guess is they're going to have two quarterbacks and they'll put a veteran on the practice squad. There's two. On at running back, right? Sanders is a lock. You would safely assume Kenny Gainwell is going to be a lock. Now, again, remember, injuries can happen as well. So, like, remember this and, and, and take this and know that if somebody gets hurt, then this, obviously, this math goes different. But Kenny Gainwell, you know? Then you have Carrion Johnson, Boston Scott, and Jordan Howard. That's five. My guess is it's only going to be four of those guys make the team. So there's six guys. So then at receiver, Locks, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham. Those are the front four. So then you have Watkins, Hightower, now Michael Walker, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So if let's just say they go to six. So there is 12 players right there. And if you go with on offensive line, let's say you go with nine. That's 21. You're going to keep three tight ends. That's 24. So remember, it's 53. And you'll say, oh, well, it's 24. Well, you got to remember the three specialists. Right? So the three specialists don't count. Your kicker, your punter, and your, your long snapper. So you're at 50. So if you're at 24 and you want to, you could split it. But generally, a lot of teams like to keep more defenders than offensive players because generally more defenders play. You rotate defenders through a game more so than you rotate offensive players. So 24 offensive players, and that's with three tight ends, six receivers, four running backs, two quarterbacks, and nine offensive linemen. I'm just saying, like that, that's a high number too, 24. Generally, you see it down to 22 to 23 offensive players. So it's, it's going to be interesting in terms of the offensive battles in training camp and preseason football. I mean, they are going to be very, very important. Like Quez Watkins, this is a big thing for him. Big thing for John Hightower. Big thing for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Big thing for Jack Stoll, a tight end. You know what I mean? Like... If Zach Ertz is on the roster, who knows? Like, there's so many questions. But thank goodness we're going to have a preseason here. And, and, you know, this whole thing, too, this week came out with the, with the vaccine and the vaccinations. And let me just tell you this. Get vaccinated. Just get the vaccine. I, I, I'm so, like, I get it. I understand if you have a, a medical condition that can't, you can't handle the vaccine. That's understandable then. But guys, if you've never had any problems, like just think about some of the stuff you've put in your body. And now we're at this point where we're questioning this. If you've smoked cigarettes, 
like some of these football players. I, don't tell me some of the supplements you've put in your body, but this is the one, like Montez Sweat and his quotes, oh, I haven't got COVID yet, so I'm not going to treat COVID. I'm like, dude, do you understand what vaccine means? Like, good gosh, man. It's like, especially athletes. It's like, we just saw it in golf this week. John Rahm is winning the Memorial Tournament. He's going to more than likely win. He has a six-shot lead. He is going to cash in at least over a million dollars because top two is a million. 1.7 if he wins. He has to be withdraw from the tournament because he tests positive for COVID-19. And I want to be like, bro, that's on you. You get the vaccine, you got nothing to worry about. And he got the first shot this week. And the reason he did was because he was a close contact. And I understand, listen, I get it being, you know, the, the trepidation and something that's brand new. But listen, you got to sometimes just look at things from this perspective. What's worse, me getting a bad case of this or having a bad reaction to the vaccine? I, I just want, hey, we all want sports. We all want normal. And the quickest way to getting everything back to normal is everybody just does, does their part and gets the vaccine. I got it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, all my friends have gotten it. My wife has gotten it. We've all gotten the vaccine. All of our close friends, really. And, and it's comforting. Like if you go around your close friends, they're all vaccinated. You have really nothing too much to worry about. I just don't get it with athletes. Like literally, if John Rahm, who had gotten the first shot this week, but I mean, it's like if he had, if he was vaccinated, he would have nothing to worry about. And it's not just him. Like people attacked him this week, and it's like. Trust me, he feels it. He lost $1.7 million. But I look at some of these NFL players. It's like, if you're going to want to, like, the, the question was, and I saw it online, was if they test positive, they shouldn't get a game check. And people are like, oh, how, listen, unless you have a medical condition, like I said, then and that's a different scenario. If you cannot physically take the vaccine because it could cause you harm, then that's one thing. But if you're just choosing not to, like, yeah, I understand that completely. Because you're putting your teammates and your team at risk. We're asking everybody to get the vaccine. And if, if there's a problem, then there's a problem. But I'm just saying, like to me, I, I don't get it. I want football back. Listen, we all want normal back. I want it more than anything. And the quickest way there is to get this vaccine, especially with all the new strains and all the new variants that are going to pop up. This thing isn't going away. Spoiler, it's not going away. So let's, let, let's expedite this. Get yourself vaccinated, especially because we want to be in the stadium for, for games. You know what I mean? I don't want, like, listen, the summer is always going to look better than the winter with these things. Know that. So, I, I, yeah, the summer looks really good with the cases going down. Well, guess what? In the winter, things rise back up. That's just how it is because we're more indoors. So, hey, I do not want the winter to come in. It's all of a sudden where we're, we're spiking again, and then all of a sudden stadiums have to be a quarter full or, or not full at all. Get your shot. Do your part. I am going to do a top 10 here. We're going to talk about tight ends. But before I do, I do have a quick word from Anchor. Top 10 tight ends. This was a strength for the Eagles for a long time, and it still is, obviously. But let's go through the top 10 tight ends in the National Football League, in my opinion. I mean, again, it's just a list. It means nothing. Number 10 for me, though, was a guy who kind of burst on the scene last year. I mean, I thought he played really well. He's a good blocker, Robert Tanya from Green Bay. I mean... Solid, dependable, and a good blocker. That's kind of what you could all ask for for a tight end. He's my 10th. Ninth, Noah Fant. Noah Fant is an insane athlete. He's with the Broncos. He is a great athlete. He is an athletic tight end. Now, here's the thing. Their quarterback play has been suspect. 
to say the least, hence why they were in on all these quarterbacks and, you know, the Wentz stealing is and all that supposedly. They need a guy who could stretch, like a quarterback that could, you know, put the ball down the field. And I don't know if Drew Locke can do it because if they do, they got a absolute weapon in Noah Fant. Number eight, another guy who's an absolute weapon, Mike Gusecki, Miami. Obviously, Gusecki was really good at Penn State. He um he was really, I, I thought like almost underused first couple years there in Miami, but like, or was it was last year's rookie year? No, 2019. He was definitely on the roster because he played in that game. So the first two years. But this last year, he was really good. And you saw that Kaseki could just go over the top of people and make plays. And he's a big propon- or a component of that offense because Miami's good. And now that they have Jalen Waddle, you have a guy like Kaseki, you know, Tua, the, the, the ex- put it like this, the excuses are over. You know, you got Parker. They have so many guys there in Miami that that offense should have no problems whatsoever. Now, number seven, Zach Ertz. It's like, listen, Zach Ertz did not have a good season last year. Zach Ertz was regressed. It was it was evident. There's a million things that could have caused it. But one year ago, Zach Ertz was one of the three best tight ends of football. I don't think Zach Ertz has forgotten how to play football. Zach Ertz is without question still one of the seven best tight ends in the NFL, in my opinion. I, I I get it. This whole not being able to trade him thing is like what people think is a bad look, and, and I don't know or so much think it's a bad look as I just don't know that teams are willing to you know take a chance on the nine million dollars. But the point being here is Zach Ertz could play. His production has always been there. His problem the last couple seasons is just staying on the field. And, and again, the quarterback play last year was so unbelievably horrific. You can't really even judge any of our pass catchers fairly because, again, the quarterback was literally just incompetent at his position. Six, Detroit. This guy was a, a top 10 pick, TJ Hawkinson. He's good. He's really good, and he's physical. He's six for me. Five, Mark Andrews. And, and by the way, Mark Andrews was a guy from Oklahoma. He went to Baltimore. He wasn't even supposed to be the guy there. Was supposed to be Hurst. And it just, it's so be it that Mark Andrews ended up taking over. But I mean, I remember watching Oklahoma a lot, as we all did. You know, Kyler Murray, you know, Jalen Hurts. Look at these guys there. It's like, and that tight end who caught every pass from the, like, was was Mark Andrews. He was a big part of it, making Kyler Murray look so good. Mark Andrews, five, four. Here's where it gets good for the Eagles. Dallas Goddard. I mean it. I like, and I get it. You'll say, oh, come on. He doesn't have the year that Mark Andrews had or, or TJ Hawkinson. It's like. Dallas Goddard is finally going to be the guy in Philadelphia. And if Dallas Goddard stays healthy, I can guarantee you that Dallas Goddard can be one of the three best tight ends in football. He has best tight end in the NFL potential. He is an unbelievable run blocker. He is an unbelievable pass blocker. And he is an unbelievable athlete for the size at which he plays. He's strong. He's physical. Just think back to his rookie season. Think back to the play where they called that unbelievably bullshit offensive pass interference on him against Dallas. That is Dallas Goddard. That is the potential of Dallas Goddard. I love Dallas Goddard. I I believe in Dallas Goddard. And guess what? The Eagles do too. That's why we're trying to trade Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard's four, and I'm going to make a, a prediction here. If he stays healthy and say or uh, stays healthy, Dallas Goddard will be in the top two next year. Number three, Darren Waller. Darren Waller, another Raven, ironically, but now with the Raiders, is what a freaking come out of nowhere story with Darren Waller. But that guy is really good, really, really good. He is absolutely. I mean, everybody thought maybe eh, I want to see him do it two years in a row. Well, he did it two years in a row. Waller's three. Number two, George Kittle. Kittle's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. 
Kittle overall might be the best tight end in terms of talent because he does everything. But you know what I mean? His problem was he got hurt last year. But George Kittle, that game against the Eagles, he 15 targets, 15 catches. We couldn't stop him. That was with Nick Mullins at quarterback. And then C.J. Beathard. I mean, really, it was George the George Kittle show. He was coming off an injury in that game. But number one, I mean, you can't take the spot from him yet because he's just so productive. And I get it. He's got an all-timer at quarterback, maybe the all-time guy. But Travis Kelsey, I mean, Travis Kelsey is a, a guaranteed 10 catches in a big game guy. That's what he is. They have Tyreek Hill to stretch the field. They, you know what I mean? They would use McCall Hardman to stretch the field, Sammy Watkins to stretch the edges, and then it's like let Travis Kelsey eat over the middle, and Patrick Mahomes has found himself somebody to trust in. That's what we got. Those are the 10 best tight ends I believe in the NFL. Now next week, what I'm going to do in regards to lists is we are going to go over offensive lines as units. And again, I get it. You could go guards and tackles and centers, and I get it. I, I know I understand that, but it's kind of redundant because offensive line play is generally a, the most team aspect of football. They are one unit. They all work together. It's a lot of communication for stunts and whatnot. So I do like judging the offensive lines as units, and I, I think the Eagles are going to be pretty damn high on that list. But we'll go over everybody's offensive line, and we'll compare who's got the best and who's got the worst. And we'll hopefully we'll find something out with the Eagles too next week because, like I said, it's going to be a pretty big deal finding out who's going to be quarterback three. What are they going to do for the third quarterback, right? What are they going to do to get the third quarterback in here? And who's going to be that guy? Because, again, like I said, that guy is going to play a big part in what goes on with the practice squad. And you know what? Next week we'll preview the defense a little. I'll go over the defensive players, and we'll see how many guys that we think are essentially locks and what the roster will look like because, like I said, we're right now at 24 potential guys for the offensive part. We need to see how many guys are going to make the defensive part because, again, it can only add up to 50 because the three specialists count. But you know what? Hey, like I said, we're a month away. We are a month away from football. We are a month away from actual training camp preparing for the preseason football. It's been two years since that. We're not getting some bullshit training camp like we did last year. We're getting a real training camp, and it's going to be real preseason games. I know it's only three of them, but so what? The preseason to me was always so fun. I love the preseason. I know a lot of people out there don't like the preseason. They wanted to get it down to two games. I like the preseason. I enjoy watching these guys battle to make the team because Alex Singleton's on this team because he had a really good preseason uh, two years ago, and he was able to hang around. Thank goodness, because he's our best linebacker. You can learn about players in the preseason. I get it. You're going to get there. There's going to be the guys that, you know, oh my gosh, this guy was just a uh, preseason hero. I get it. That exists. But also, you could find out if guys are actually worth their water and weight. I mean, really, you, you could find out some things in the preseason if you're looking for the right stuff. And, and we're going to have a lot to look for because we're going to get a, a left tackle battle. We're going to see who's going to battle for the outside corner spot. Right now, it's Michael Jaquette, right? Well, it ain't going to be Michael Jaquette. Spoiler, I don't believe so. It could be a veteran. But if it's not, is Scott battling? Where's Maddox playing? You know? Who are the starting linebackers? Is it going to be Singleton and Wilson? What's the defensive line rotation going to look like? You know, we, we have a lot of questions. What if McLeod can't play week one? I know he's trying to, but what if he can? Who's starting at safety? Who are the safeties? What's that look like? What does the scheme look like on defense? We have a lot of questions. We'll go over a lot of that next week. We'll talk more about the cornerbacks because, again, it's interesting. Because, again, we just haven't done anything yet. 
Enjoy the weather. It's finally summer. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.